You're live with Get Connected. It's Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar. We've got a cool show today. Lots to talk about in the tech world. Later on, we'll uh, be talking with Alex Radu over at IT World Canada about the big uh, adult friend finder hack. Over 420 million usernames were hacked. If you thought Ashley Madison was a big hack. And that was only 33 million, yes. Andy. Thir- and that was huge. That was huge. This one is 420 million. Yeah. That is like enormous. Well, we're going to find out what that's all about and why it's important. Well, like the, the, the big question we're going to find out is what are the hackers going to do with that information? Because that's a lot of people out there. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. We'll also be talking with the uh, folks over at V Media. Interesting company. Very interesting. This is like a delay- David versus Goliath story of V Media, um, what they want to do. And this is something that um, is near to my heart because. A lot of people, like, you know, in, back in the olden days, you had your rabbit ears and you could get local channels. Yes. Well, that's still around. It's, a, it's all digital. So you can get these, what's called an over-the-air antenna and get free local stations like Global. H- HD. HD. In High perfect, def, yeah. uncompressed HD. It looks amazing. And it comes from the sky, Mike. It still blows me away. Ah. And so what V Media is doing, they're taking that local programming and they're going to put it onto streaming boxes like a Roku. So now, if you're a cord cutter, you can buy a little Roku, and you can get your local programming in addition to Netflix and all the other channels that Roku supports. However, Bell is taking them to court because they are trying to prevent them from doing this. So they're kind of trying to be the next digital cable provider. Yes. But not traditional way, but through apps. Through the app. Yeah, so and it's cheaper. It's cheaper, and this, these are uh, signals that are already out there, and they're just putting it onto a platform, and Bell is taking them to court. They actually just had a court case two days ago, so we're going to find the results all about that later on in the show. I want to talk about Airbnb, Andy. I've used it many times now when I travel. I love it. Uh, I can get some really cool places uh, for cheap uh, you know, compared to getting a hotel. Yeah. Uh, you know, I go to Toronto all the time, and so now I just, you know, Airbnb, a, a one-bedroom or a two-bedroom condo, yeah. uh, in, in most cases, cheaper than what a hotel would be. And they're, they're pretty cool in, like, great locations. Well, Airbnb is uh, trying to transform itself into more of a travel company. Uh, they've just had a big uh, three-day event down in L.A., and they're basically rolling out some other initiatives uh, beyond just booking you know, houses and, and apartments, uh, things like renting cars yes. or uh, tours, having local travel guides take you around local haunts, you know, restaurants and, uh, you know, points of interest, that type of thing. What do you think? Well, let's just look at the valuation of Airbnb right now. It is being valued at $30 billion, which is pretty much exceeds any hotel company out there today. I laugh about that because, you know, you look at these other hotel chains, Hilton and, and what have you, they own property, they own buildings, yeah. they have like tens of thousands of employees. What's Airbnb? An app. It's an app. They're <laughs> a middleman. They're a middleman. They don't own anything. Yes. They own nothing. I mean, they own their app and the servers that power the app. But So um, there's a podcast called How I Built This. It's, a, it's by NPR and they featured Airbnb and they had the, the guy who started Airbnb and he's like, think about what I had to do. I walked up to investors and said, I want people to go and rent your house and sleep in your bed. 
He goes, you know how hard it was to get investors to, to invest in that? They thought I was crazy. I know, but now look at them. Now look at them. They're a huge. $30 billion valuation. But they're they're under a lot of uh, pressure now. A lot of cities are cracking down on Airbnb, yes. including uh, in Vancouver. Yep. Uh, it's happening in San Francisco, New York. And basically the challenge is, is that uh, you know local cities are saying that Airbnb is drying up the rental pool. Yes. Uh, for people that need to rent homes and apartments. Uh, and Airbnb, from what they're saying, is uh, basically breaking uh, a number of bylaws that prohibit uh, homeowners from renting out uh, their homes for under 30 days. That's right. In Vancouver, that's the case. Yeah. So Vancouver is actually uh, going to crack down on that in a big way. Well, because we know there's a rental st- shortage in Vancouver and a lot of people... Well, in most big cities, like San Francisco San- and New York as New York, well. New York, yeah. And and it's, it's kind of... It, it's tricky because if you're um, a homeowner... You want to get you know some some money to help pay off your mortgage, especially in a city like Vancouver, where it's very expensive. But at the same time, people need to rent, and it's it's a very disruptive technology, and it happens so fast that the cities are trying to you know handle this. And now we have Airbnb trying to become a travel company on top of that. And what's interesting is they know that when you visit a city, there's always tourist spots. But what they want is to show you an experience as if you lived in that city. So you go Live to like the locals. a local. Yeah. yeah. And that's really what they're... I like they're, the concept. It's, it's, it's brilliant. It is absolutely brilliant. Why would you want to go to the, the typical tourist spots when you could live like a local and, and see the spots that you would normally not see? And that's a very innovative approach by Airbnb. I, I like that they're expanding. It's kind of... They've got some cool ideas in that regard. But you know, just comes back to uh, renting the houses and and the condos. Like, what is going to happen there when yeah. that gets basically shut up? So let me ask you this: Do you think Airbnb is going to thrive in the future? Will they still be? I think so, because obviously there's a need and a demand out there for it. They have, you know, hundreds of thousands of customers. I love it. It's it's a convenience factor. It gives me more choice. Yeah. Uh, and the pricing's pretty good right now. Obviously, this is going to affect the price because it's going to shrink the available pool of accommodations. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. I I like the service, and I think it'll continue to go. It's funny, like in Vancouver, you know, the the, the two big things, Airbnb and Uber, they're very similar. Uber, in, yeah. But it's so disruptive that it's taking a while, and like it's still like. Vancouver is a world-class city. How do we not... You know how embarrassing it is when people come here and they tell me, like, oh, I'm going to book an Uber? And I'm like, uh, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get a taxi. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good luck with that, too. You might as well just uh, hitchhike. <laughs> I know, and it's sad because, uh, you know, we've got our Christmas party coming up. Yeah. And I hate it because every year I, I usually get a, a hotel room downtown. Mm-hmm. Actually, an Airbnb this time. Wow, that's, that's smart. <laughs> uh, but the challenge is... Um, my wife, you know, wears nice high-heeled shoes for the Christmas party, but she doesn't want to walk all that way. Yeah. God help me if I'm going to get a taxi during the Christmas season. It, absolutely. You're going to probably have to um, carry her back. <laughs> oh, like, I, I've had to do that. No, because, because, you know, the taxi waits are like an hour or two hours, or they never come because there's just not enough of them. And isn't it weird when we go to Toronto and just how easy it is? And I'm like, this is the same country. I don't... Oh, I know. 
I just don't. But you know, in fairness to Toronto, like they have more cabs on the road. Yes, which was good to begin with. But then having Uber, it's just so easy to get around there. I don't even rent a car anymore when I go to Toronto. Yeah, Yeah. because Uber is just so convenient. Especially when someone drives for you, so you can check your email. I know it's like it's night and day. Yeah, and I end up paying you know roughly the same amount that I would have paid to rent a car while I'm there. Yeah, and without the. you know the. Uh, I don't have to worry about park- I don't have to worry about parking the thing. Yeah. And, you know, because parking downtown in a lot of these big cities, it's like you park for a few hours. Yeah, that's thirty dollars. Yeah, exactly. I'm just like, oh my god. We're gonna have to take a break. When we come back, we've uh, got a lot of stories uh, and folks we'll be talking to. Uh, we'll be chatting with the people over at V Media, getting your TV channels through the internet, and uh, later on, huge hack with Adult Friend Finder, over 420 million usernames at risk. You're listening to Get Connected. We'll be back after this. You're back with Get Connected, Mike and Andy in studio. We've got uh, lots to talk about still. Later on, we'll uh, be chatting with Alex Radu over at IT World Canada about the Adult Friend Finder hack, over 420 million usernames at risk. What does it all mean? That's like the population of the United States. That's more. Really? Yeah, it's wow. crazy. On the line right now, we've uh, got our guest, George Berger. He's the advisor over at uh, V Media. Thanks for joining us today, George. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks very much for having me. Tell our listeners what V Media is all about so that we can start uh, getting into this, this whole topic. Well, you know, this is really timely because uh, I'm not sure if your audience knows, but V Media launched in July in BC. So we, we originated in Ontario. And we expanded our triple play TV, internet, and home phone services to your market in July. Uh, we've been, uh, you know, busy with some other strategic issues, and so we haven't done a full court press on marketing yet. Uh, but we're up and running, and we're uh, we're taking customers, and the feedback we're getting from your market is terrific. Um, so we launched about three years ago, and um, and uh, we're we're positioning ourselves actually as the the key alternative to the incumbents, to people like Shaw and Telus in your market. Rogers and Bell in our market in, in Ontario and so on. And so what what are your competitive advantages over all these other guys? Well, first of all, what everybody cares about is price. So overall, when you get a triple play bundle from us of TV, internet, and home phone, you're going to wind up paying you know, about 25% to 30% less than comparable packages for the big guys. And that's everyday pricing. So, uh, so there's that, and then the second part of it is we've always prided ourselves on providing as much uh, choice and flexibility as you possibly can to the consumer. And in fact, our our entire packaging structure, our TV packaging structure, was virtually identical to what the CRTC came down with in the Let's Talk TV process, uh, and we were ahead of it by about two years. So we're 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 really keen to empower consumers. And finally, it's innovation, innovation, innovation. I mean, that's really key to stay ahead of the pack and. And so we have our own set-top box, our V-Box, which is a, a combined uh, uh, set-top box, which gets your conventional TV channels, and it's also a media player so that you can access all the apps you'd like to download onto it from Google Play. Um, I think that uh, really the, the matter that we're dealing with now, which, which I think prompted your call, um, is, is really just a, just a part of that continuum. We want to innovate, we want to be important to our customers, and we want to make broadcast television important to Canadians. So the big thing is, uh, and while we're talking about this, you guys offer TV channels through your box. Uh, these are coming over the, the internet, obviously. Uh, but why are some of the big guys not happy about this? Uh, I guess specifically Bell. 
We, we, we have a, a, a pretty a somewhat complicated regulatory uh, framework, which includes, of course, laws, includes regulations, and includes policies. And uh, our, our point of view is that, uh, that what we're doing with our new service, which I'll explain in about one second, uh, falls within the Copyright Act. And, uh, and so we moved ahead with this, not out of any desire to you know, uh, dis- disrespect any of our partners, but because we interpreted the Copyright Act as to allow us to do what we're doing. Um, some of our partners have taken objection to that, and, uh, and we're testing the matter in front of the court, and we're going to, needless to say, abide by the decision. But what we're doing is we're, 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 we're offering over-the-air channels. These are channels which we're allowed to transmit as a BDU without getting permission. So we don't have to go to, for example, CTV and ask them if we can retransmit their local CTV channels. We're allowed to do that as a BDU under the Copyright Act. However, the interpretation of, in particular, Bell in this case, is that we're only allowed to do that if we also make you take our Internet services, our Internet services. And so what we've done in this new service is we are offering it without our Internet service. All the other TV packages that we've been offering up until now are remain available with our Internet, to be absolutely clear. But for over-the-air channels and certain other channels, a small select number of them, we are offering them without you having to make the decision to switch internet TV, uh, internet providers. And this is really key because people want to have choice, and the more obstacles that you create, the more inconveniences you have in letting people make their choices in their television service, the less they're going to be able to exercise that choice. So we're not forcing you to take our internet, and we're definitely not forcing you even to take our V-Box. So we did a deal with Roku, who I'm sure you're familiar with, the Roku player um, the manufacturers, and they they agreed to let us have our app on their box. So we created an app for the uh, for the Roku box, and that means that if you've already got a Roku box, which about seven hundred or eight hundred thousand Canadians already do, you don't even have to think about getting our V box. All you've got to do is basically you know go to the Roku box, download our app, and you're up and running and watching our service. So how much is your it's, basic it's package? How much is your basic package then? Seventeen ninety five. Wow, seventeen ninety five for the skinny basic, and and what's the and, quali- that, and that includes American channels, of course. And um, what's the quality like? Quality is excellent. Quality is 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 equivalent to cable. So, are you getting like high definition? Oh, for sure, for sure, seven twenty. Yeah. So, obviously, Bell has probably a lot more money than you do, <laughs> and, and well, better lawyers. Looked, probably last I looked, and and, uh, and I've got less and less of it every day as we pay our lawyers. <laughs> uh, how do you think it's all going to go? It's really a tough one. You know why? Because it's a very complicated uh, area. As I said, there's a lot of elements that are involved in this. Uh, the greatest complication, frankly, is understanding what the Internet means and what the public Internet means and what private managed networks mean and whether any of those terms have anything to do with our entitlement to take advantage of the Copyright Act. And that's really the problem. Um, and uh, so we're we're hopeful. I think uh, you know our, our lawyers certainly made a great case on Thursday. Uh, we're we're pretty confident that the that the judge involved uh, really has his mind wrapped around it. And so we're going to have to wait and see. It's, it could be uh, uh, he said a week or two, and we'll find out then. And uh, and then we'll know. But look, this is really crucial. Look, the central issue here is that everybody is complaining, everybody in the broadcasting industry is complaining about Netflix doing this and Hulu doing that and Apple TV doing that. 
And you can't go around flapping your arms helplessly when you're not prepared to engage these competitors on their playing field. And their playing field is broadband, without a doubt. The millennials, they, they associate all of their video consumption right now with essentially an Internet service. So we've got to be there. We've got to make it as easy as Netflix makes it. For you, for me to go to you, for example, and to say to you, look, the only way you're going to get my service is if you switch to my internet and you get my $400, well, our, our box is not 400 but, you know, the big guys' is, is. Ours is only $129. But, you know, you have to switch that top box. You have to do all of that. And they're looking at Netflix, which says, you know, just flick a switch, man. Who are they going to be more inclined to go with? That is where our market is, and we have to be there. And in order to be there, we have to be allowed to provide this t- new TV service. George, uh, a lot of interesting stuff happening with you guys. Where can people find out more information? Well, certainly they can find out on our website, www.vmedia.ca. That's V like Victor, uh, M-E-D-I-A. It's one word. And uh, our blog is pretty up-to-date on the developments. Uh, we didn't write a blog on what actually happened in court on Thursday, but apart from that, it's pretty up-to-date. Our Facebook site is also, our V-Media Facebook site is very, very informative. It gets a lot of, lots of action. So, uh, uh, there's a lot of places to find information about it. And, and, uh, and one of your competitors, who I won't mention, but might be a national broadcasting network, uh, actually had us on their online news uh, yesterday. So if you care to, I'll flip you the link. Thanks, George. That was George Berger over at uh, V Media. Interesting times ahead, Andy. It's, <clears throat> it's a sign of the times. That's definitely for sure. When we come back from the break, Adult Friend Finder and Penthouse.com and a number of other sites have been hacked. Over 420 million usernames at risk. We're going to find out what that all means. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike and Andy here in studio. Still lots to talk about, and we'll go open line as well in a bit, taking your calls and questions. Uh, Andy, the contest. we got a great contest. It pretty much applies to anyone out there. If you have a smartphone, you're going to want to enter this contest. We're giving away the Crystal Tech Nano 2.0 Liquid Screen Protector. You'd be surprised on just how much bacteria is on your phone. And this is a cool gadget that allows you to protect your phone. All you have to do is, just like, just like Karate Kid, wax on, wax off on your phone <laughs> with this little pad. And it creates a, a protective screen, a, a crystal screen, almost like glass on top of your phone to protect it from bacteria and all that nasty stuff that gets onto your phone. And the thing about phones is because they're hot it actually encourages bacteria to grow on it. And it's, you'd be surprised at how much even uh, fecal matter is on your phone. They've Aww. done lab results on it. I know it's kind of gross to talk about Saturday morning, but this will protect it. All you got to do is go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com, to enter and win the Crystal Tech Nano 2.0 liquid screen protector. We're seeing more and more hacks happening to uh, big companies and, and websites, hackers getting in and stealing user IDs and information. The latest, uh, huge. On the line right now, we've got Alex Radu. He's a staff writer over at IT World Canada. Thanks for joining us, Alex. Hi, guys. How are you guys doing? Thank you for having me. Uh, We wanted to get you on the line to talk about uh, this latest hack, uh, Adult Friend Finder, and a number of of other, I guess, adult and pornography sites hacked, and over 420 million usernames. Is this one of the biggest ones you've seen? Uh, this is actually probably just going to all uh, data breaches. This is the biggest hack that uh, that we've ever seen. Uh, it is uh, about 80 million bigger than the, or no, 60 million bigger than the MySpace uh, hack that happened uh, a couple years ago, and uh, it's 12 times bigger than the Ashley Madison hack that that kind of took the took the world by storm just uh, just last year. 
Alex, how did it happen? Uh, so leaked source, uh, a breach notification website. They're the uh, they're the uh, kind of the WikiLeaks of data breaches. They discovered through uh, just the dark web that the, this is the, which is what they uh, what they uh, they look at uh, that this information was starting to appear out there. So it looks like there was an external uh, attack on the uh, the Adult Friend Finder network, which doesn't just include uh, include uh, Adult Friend Finder, but also Penthouse.com cams.com and a few other places and all all of those websites that are under that network they've all uh it looks like their information is out there so now that these hackers have that information what why should people who maybe um might be on that list why should they be worried so i i, I think of, uh, of two things when i think about this number one i think that comparing it to the ashley madison uh hack it is slightly different because with Ashley Madison, there was almost a witch hunt that came out after because of what the website is and why you were going on to it. Uh, but with this one, this is just a it's an adult uh, dating website. So even if you're caught on it, you don't necessarily need to you know, defend yourself to your family and to everybody. You don't need to be ashamed. With Ashley Madison, we saw that there were some suicides and some really unfortunate things that came out of that hack. Well, here we haven't really seen anything like that. Another thing is right now, that data isn't really publicly out there. Um, we're not seeing uh, a ta- uh, you know, news articles popping up of celebrities or government officials that, are, that were on that website. So it's, it's a little different there. So if, the, if that information is never out there, then uh, users don't necessarily need to be too worried. Um, but what we're seeing here is, and I spoke to uh, Ryan Wilson, the CTO of a Toronto-based uh, Scalar Decision, uh, Decisions, they're an IT security and solution provider. And he was warning me that we need to consider fallout on other websites because a lot of people on the Internet, they tend to have the same password and email combinations. So if they use the same password and email on Adult Friend Finder or Penthouse.com or something, you could hypothetically get into bank information and all sorts of stuff. So if you are a part of that website, you need to look at all of the accounts you use, not just those ones. Where are all of these um Passwords, like, you know, a lot of people don't understand that there's like a dark internet where people are, are, are trading, you know, this information for cash. Where do you think it's going to end up uh, online? Uh, I personally, I, I, I can't, I can't guess. I, uh, I have, I, I personally don't have a lot of tech experience in that area of the, the dark web. And it could, it could pop up at any moment anywhere. It could also just be used as blackmail. We might not hear anything and it could just be in the background. So far we are seeing that 80,000 U.S. military emails were a part of the hack, 50,000 U.S. government emails, seven uh, gov.uk email addresses, 1,000 from the British Ministry of Defense, 12 from the British Parliament. So though we do know that those emails are uh, connected to maybe some high-powered uh, individuals, but we might not see that publicly. We, you could have hackers and individuals going uh, behind the public's back and going directly to the source of these individuals who were hacked and trying to blackmail them. So we might never actually see anything about it. Alex, I want to thank you so much uh, for joining us today. Where can people find out more about uh, your writing? Uh, so you can find uh, me on itworldcanada.com and computerdealernews.com. Alex Radu, staff writer over at uh, IT World Canada. I want to open up the phone lines, take a few tech calls and questions. Uh, we can be your on-air tech support. And, hey, Christmas is just around the corner, so we can give you some buying advice, too, if you've got some questions. 604-280-9898. And if you're phoning anywhere else in North America, 1-877-399-9898. We'll be back shortly after this. 
You're back with Get Connected. It's Mike and Andy. We're here in studio. We're going to take some calls, your tech calls, your on-air tech support, or if you need some buying advice, 604-280-9898-1877-399-9898. We're going to jump over here to Craig in Nanaimo. Hey, Craig. Hi there. Hi. What can we do for you? I've got a Samsung Galaxy Tab 3 yeah. that we'd lost for a year. <laughs> Okay. So the battery went dead, and we found it and tried to power it up, and it gets stuck on this uh, loop where it just does the Samsung logo, and then it reboots, but it never, or the Samsung tab logo, it never gets to that swish where the the Samsung logo put, uh, comes up on the screen. Yeah. Um, and when, when you plug it in, it just goes to a, a, a semi-bright screen to a dark screen, to a semi-bright screen to a dark screen. And I've tried the the uh, power on button, the volume up button, and the, uh, the start button. And I've gotten into the programming mode. I've cleared the cache. I've restarted and wiped the wiped the unit. Um, and I've tried to update the firmware, but I haven't been able to figure that out entirely. But I don't know if there's something else that I should be trying. It, it sounds like you're kind of a smart guy. I'm very <laughs> you, impressed. Yeah, I'm pretty you've impressed done so far. Yeah. Other than waving a dead chicken over your head and you know doing some voodoo magic to that uh, to that thing, uh, I'm just wondering, Andy, it, it, probably a dead battery. It it could be. It's you know with these tablets, especially on the Android side, that the thing is, um, a lot of the manufacturers don't provide the software updates, so you you're kind of stuck with the old version of Android. And I think what's happening here is. So there's something going on with this tablet, and it sounds like, Craig, that you've done just about everything that you could, and you're still having uh, a hard pr- time getting it to to come back to life. Like Other than doing like the hard reset and trying to get it to restart, you know, if it's circling, I, I don't know what... Yeah, it's tough. I, I've, I've had a few devices in the past uh, where, you know, I've not touched them for like a year, sometimes two years, and, and sometimes... They don't like that when the battery completely, completely yeah. drains out. Uh, sometimes they don't come back to life yeah. or they're never quite the, the same. At this point here, uh, I you've tried pretty well most of the things that we'd recommend. I I think it might be a hardware issue. You'll probably have to contact well, Samsung or a repair place to even, see if they even can. Even before you do that, I would just start hitting the forms online because there's probably somebody out there who's had that experience as well. And you might find it in some thread it's, it's I, I did. I did a brief check. It's the same. You know, he's, he's he's done, done all, everything. He's done all the stuff. Yeah. Uh, there, uh, updating the firmware. I mean, that could be something. Uh, but I, it, it sounds like a battery or a hardware issue to me. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. Sorry, Craig. Tablets are cheap, though. But you know what? Like, <laughs> some good sales. I'm on. all for like. Um, bringing back to life old tablets. Like, you know what we did at the office? That Yeah, you're where, hilarious. <laughs> okay, so what I did is I found this tablet. It was um, an old Nexus tablet. And, you know, we play music in the office. So what I did is I found a spot where there was a plug and I just took double-sided tape and stuck it right on the I was wondering wall. how you got that to stick. I thought there was some sort of case no. or mount. You just used double-sided tape. I found, I was cleaning up our, our oh, little what, inventory What could room. go wrong with that? Well, I just I just <laughs> found this double-sided tape. I'm like, oh, I got a great idea. That's going to be on the floor one day. It's, no, it's not coming off. Trust me. Okay. It's on there. And so what I did is I ran the, the wire, plugged it in, and now it sits there. And we can just, anybody at any point in time can change Spotify. 
which is kind of funny. I set this up. I always play music, and somebody turns around and changes it. You also hooked up the new coffee machine to it. Yes. And so, so we got we got this new coffee machine in the office that Andy is like so excited about. It's like four, three or four thousand dollars. Yes. I don't know what the hell is going on with that thing. It's all app controlled. Yeah, so it can, I can't make a cup of coffee anymore. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Trust me, you can customize. You can program it. It doesn't matter if I can't even make a cup of coffee. It doesn't matter how much I customize. It's so it. funny because you came up to me like Andy. You got to teach me how to use this machine. But basically, what it is, it's a it's a three thousand dollar coffee machine that works with an app. Inside the app, you can program how you like your coffee. You can save it. Then you press a button, and through Bluetooth it will suddenly make your coffee. So you don't really have to press any button. Do you remember when I, I came up to you and, and asked you to help me figure yes. this out? What did I have in my hand? You had your own cup. <laughs> I had a cup of coffee from Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this machine is it's costing me a fortune. Trust me, you have to you know do it a couple of times and okay. it, it'll make the perfect cup of coffee. It is awesome. It, it grinds the beans. What's this thing called? Oh, it's called Seiko or... Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a very... Aren't you showing this on Global on Monday? Yeah, yeah. I got to figure this. Thanks. Oh, I guess. We're, so Andy helps me select the uh, the gadgets that I, I, I show on on Global, my Global News segments. And yes, thank you for making the coffee machine the gadget this <laughs> Monday morning. So now I, I've got to take this thing home and try to figure this thing out. Yes, by myself. In addition to the, and then I got to hope to hell that I get it to work on the Global Morning News on well, Monday. Well, yeah. So um, you want to do some research on the weekend? Trust me. And you know what? If you get it right. You get a cup of coffee out of it, so you, you can't lose, Mike. I hate doing these things live on Global because everything always goes wrong. Yes, yes. Do you remember that time I brought that pancake maker? Yes. The 3D <laughs> pancake maker? Oh, my God. What a nightmare. Everything that could go wrong went wrong with that. Once I was on there, I was doing um, – it was it shows your blood pressure, and it works with a, a smartphone. Yeah, yeah. I and I couldn't thing. get it working. And I'm getting all nervous because it's live. Yeah. And then finally, when I got it to work, my blood pressure was through the roof. <laughs> They're like, Andy, you need to go see a doctor. But I was so nervous. I was troubleshooting on live TV. And it, yeah. was, it was just kind of ironic that I actually was measuring my blood pressure. I just got time. this feeling there's going to be coffee beans everywhere. Well, you know what? You know what's going to save you? What? The Dyson Supersonic. Oh, I'm going to show that new hairdryer. Yes. This is a $500 hairdryer made by the folks over at Dyson. Um, it... It's actually really good. It is the most high-tech air dry, hair dryer ever of all time. It even has a filter in it, Mike. It, this thing has got a lot of tech. It's got how, how much is this thing? It's like five hundred. Five hundred dollars. It's got a microprocessor. Five hundred dollar hair dryer. Yeah, and it just it just dries your hair. But uh, I hope so for five hundred. I hope you, it gives me new hair. Trust me. Show your wife. She's gonna love it. But you'll probably end up having to buy it because we have to return it. <sighs> We're gonna have to take another break. When we come back, we'll talk more tech. Back after this. Any new tech that we've uh, gotten in that uh, has caught your eye? Funny, funny you ask, Mike. There was something that, um, you know, it's funny. Like, we get all these weird tech stuff, and, and it's, it's fun to play with. But there's always, every once in a while, something comes across our desk that is very impressive. And I think I found something that you'll like, because I know you just got new puppies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> at home. That, yeah, that's, they're quite a handful. <laughs> so this is called Furbo. And it's a smart dog camera. Furbo. Furbo. F-U-R-B-O. You can find this online, uh, furbo.com. Of course. <laughs> it's a dog camera. So what you do, you hook this up at home. You put treats inside it, like little dog treats. How big is this thing? Uh, it's about the size of a coffee maker, I'd say. Okay. Maybe a small coffee maker. And you put this thing on the ground? You put this on the ground. Okay. And it has a built-in camera and speaker on it. So say you're at work. 
you miss your dogs. Yes. You can load the Furbo app, watch your dog, you know, because it has a camera. You can talk to your dog. Um, you know, they can see, hear you. And they can hear you. Yeah. So they'll respond to your voice. Yeah. And then if you feel so inclined, you can press a button and give a little doggy treat. And you can watch your dog. And it just spits it out. So the dog was going to run around and, and get a treat. So oh my god, I this have is to like have, Pavlov, have to, like 2.0 here. I have to have this. Yes, this yes. is amazing. It's, it's funny because it came in our office and it came with like dog food too. So that's funny because I, I went into the inventory room where we keep all our gadgets that we get in for the TV show, and there's like dog treats. <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, what the hell is going on? Exactly. Yes. So um, we're going to have to do some some tough research on this, maybe with your puppies, and you know, now you can remotely. Reward them when you're when you're at work. Sounds exciting. So yeah, it's called Furbo. You got to check this out. We're gonna feature it on our show. We'll have you show it on Global uh, pretty soon. Yeah, it's um, this is the time we live in. Now you have a dog camera, a camera specifically for your dog, so that you can give treats remotely wherever you are. Animals lovers are gonna just love this. Do you know how much this thing is? Um, no, I don't actually. I never look at the price. Can you, can you afford not to? <laughs> yes. <laughs> to if you love this. your dog, you will get the Furbo. You know what I, we had a chance to play with uh, as well uh, the other day is, uh, I don't know what they called it, that, remember the slot car racing you had when you were a kid? Yeah, yeah. The little, little cars and you put the track together and they, they went around on slots and you had a, like a little trigger handle thing and you could determine how fast they would go. Well, they've got a digital version of that now and you put together this track, but there's no slots the cars basically uh, stay on the track. I don't know how they do it, uh, but it's all controlled with your your iPhone. Yeah, and you can change lanes. Uh, you can shoot uh, pretend digital missiles and tractor beams. It's amazing. Speaking of those old car things with the tracks, do you remember in the malls they would have competitions and you would bring your car? I don't know. I used to play it as a kid, and I I got really good because you have to press that trigger and you have to make sure you take the turn or you don't press it too much because your car will fly off it. This one is very similar, except it works with the smartphone now. So you yep. don't actually have your own physical trigger. And, um, you know, it comes with the track and everything. I forgot what it was called, though. Do you remember? No, I'll have to get the name for the yeah, next Yeah, we'll have episode. to check it out. But, oh, my God, I, I played with that thing for a couple hours. Kids these days are so lucky. You know, they have such I know. I had toys. nothing. I had nothing. <laughs> I had, like, cars and sticks. Hot Wheels. Hot That's, Wheels. That was it. I had a lot of Hot Wheels. You know what I'm trying to get my hands on right now, and they're just sold out everywhere, is those new, um, from Nintendo, the classic. Yes. Or NES classic. So it's like the old uh, Nintendo video game console from way, way back. Uh, it looks exactly like it comes with the exact same controller, but it's got 30 games built right into it, like Super Mario, Pac-Man, Galaga, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., and I think they go for about 80 bucks, but you cannot get your hands on no, one of these things. No, they sold out like right away. The day that they it came out, they were gone. I know. And, you know, we, we want to review this because we love... Well, I was, I was really good at Super Mario. I know, I love that. That's all the time we have left for today's show. We want to thank you for joining us. Andy Brar. I want to thank my uh, co-host and producer. We'll see you again next week.